0: Two Friends, Two Murders contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Nobody in an atmosphere like this has any contact with violence or walks in any fear. Except
0: who knows what hides in the private jungle beyond any respectable door. Do
1: welcome back to Two Friends, Two Murders.
0: I'm Kylie.
1: And I'm Aubrey. And happy Spring Forward Sunday.
0: Why do we do Spring Forward again? I I don't understand why we have to do this. We did.
1: We started doing it for farmers, but there ain't no farmers in Utah really anymore, so. (laughs) Yeah,
0: like on... (laughs) Necessary for me to lose an hour of my day, yeah. Sleep, but okay, it's, whatever. It's
1: definitely nice to have it lighter in the later of the day. But like, can we just keep it and then not do anything else and just be fine? You know?
0: Yeah. Like okay, nah, whatever. Anyway, sure there's there's <laughs> beneficial somehow <but laughs> to someone
1: best. somewhere. All right. <laughs> Today we are talking about famous people who were murdered. Dun dun
0: dun 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 dun
1: and. Honestly, there were some celebrities that I didn't know were murdered, like, for example, John Lennon, and I don't know why I didn't know that, but, like, <laughs> I didn't, because I feel like that's a big one.
0: <laughs> that's a big one. You know who I didn't realize, um, and I never knew that Marvin Gaye was murdered. That
1: was also another one on my list. I was like, I don't know. I did, had no idea.
0: Me either. That one seems like another one that you'd like hear about, but like yeah, and maybe other people know it, but I never knew that.
1: Yeah, apparently he was shot and killed by his father. Yeah, at their house, like they had like a disagreement, and he ended up shooting him. But he only was sentenced to six years, uh, suspended sentence, and five years of probation.
0: Which is insane. Yeah. Like not only did you murder your son, but you murdered your son who's a celebrity. You think you exactly. would get like slammed with yep. like a conviction, but I don't I don't know.
1: Yep, exactly. It's freaking crazy. Um, some other famous people that were murdered. Uh Christina Grimmie, which a lot of people you don't know who yeah. that is, but she was actually shot and killed after leaving a performance. And I think she was a famous singer from The Voice.
0: Yeah Yeah. I never saw her season but I had like heard about her because I don't think she I don't know if she won but she was really popular afterwards still.
1: Yeah and she was apparently shot and killed by an obsessed fan which I don't know how obsessed fans shoot and kill someone because how is that any but like how is that beneficial to you in any way?
0: Because like if they can't be friends with them and they can't be friends with anyone I don't know like the weird like control thing but yeah when you talk about murdered celebrities that's immediately where my mind went yeah was like obsessed fan like yep. obsessed stalker
1: yep exactly which i'm sure i mean that's kind of how mine goes which you'll find out later
0: uh,
1: another one of that most of people know is sharon tate just from the famous you know oh, movies yeah. and stuff with yeah so that she was also murdered and she was pregnant when she was murdered
0: so messed up and then
1: another one i didn't know was phil hartman which a lot of people don't recognize him just by his name but like when you see yeah. the picture and everything but sat he's from saturday night live and a few movies but i had uh-huh. no idea that he He was also
0: does the voice of um for like simpsons fans i'm yes. pretty sure he does the voice of troy mcclure yep. or used to
1: yep so he does um, that yep and he was actually shot and killed by his third wife
0: Yeah, yeah, I looked into that one for a second. I can't believe it.
1: It's so crazy. But on another note, which we'll have to do an episode about this, but let's go through some famous people who murdered someone. Not necessarily were murdered, but murdered. Um, Which a lot of these are, you won't know of because, you know, they're famous and they can, you know, pay some people off. Um, A lot of (laughs) them them are like car accidents. For example, Venus Williams, she was in a car accident in 2017 that actually killed someone. But, oh, wow. you know, he, he, she didn't serve any time or anything, and I believe it's because there was no drugs or anything involved. It wasn't her fault, but she did end up killing the guy.
0: God, that would be horrible. Like, I know. You know what I mean? Like, Because what do they call... Is it just like accidental manslaughter? Yeah,
1: yep. And in that case, it's like if there was... If there was nothing involved, like it literally was just an accident, then you you, yeah. you shouldn't be charged with it, right? It's not your fault. Like there's accidents happen, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another one just like that is Caitlyn Jenner, which I didn't know she was in another car accident too, and it actually killed. Um, seven, it said it killed someone and seven others were injured.
0: Oh my gosh, I thought you were about to say that seven people were killed. i was I like, thought Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I thought was it said enough, that. Like, Holy shit.
1: And I was like, uh, how do you not hear about those things? Yeah. Um, let's see. Matthew Broderick. He I don't know who that is. So he's Ferris Bueller. Oh.
0: Yes, yes, okay. yes. Broderick, Matthew Broderick?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: like, who is Broderick?
1: Okay. <laughs> I missed the R, friends. you're like who's this man that's not ferris bueller anyways the same thing happened with him he was driving the wrong way on the street and crashed into oncoming traffic he the killer and passenger in the other car both died from their injuries Uh, let's see is there this one ted kennedy he is apparently a kennedy who which whatever (laughs) He's famous, okay? He's a Kennedy.
0: <laughs> yeah, political he, celebrity. Yeah,
1: he actually hit a car that went into the water and it overturned and the people ended up drowning. Oh my God. Yes.
0: That's awful. I think of... um. And I don't know anything about the case, but I know there's that documentary with that famous football player, Aaron Hernandez. Yes. Did he, like, shot somebody in a yeah. club or something? Like, I don't know a lot about the case. That's one that I need to look into, Yeah,
1: Yep, So he was, like, a sports player or something? NFL? Yeah, I'm
0: pretty, yeah he's, like, a football player, yeah. I
1: think. Yeah. There's a few documentaries that you can watch. A lot of these are, um, car crash murders? Like, it -hmm. says Snoop Dogg was charged with murder of a rival gang member, but he was never actually served any time for it. That's interesting.
0: Weird.
1: Anyways, there's a few of them, guys. You'll have to look through them, but we'll do it as a theme one day. But for now, we're going to talk about famous people who were murdered
0: okay who let's
1: did you pick i am doing versace giovanni maria gianni versace let's hear it let's do it so versace was born december 2nd 1946 in Reggio Cal- calabria italy you know whatever i can't speak totally that. <laughs> I can't speak it. Um, He had three siblings, but his older sister actually ended up passing at the age of 12 due to an improperly treated infection. So he just had his two other siblings. Uh, Versace was strongly influenced by ancient Greek history from a young age due to his birthplace. Apparently where he was born, there was like a lot of history there. So he was. That makes sense. Yeah. So he just started getting into like historical landscapes, design, things like that from a very young age. He okay. ended up attending a school where he studied Latin and ancient Greek without ever actually completing all of his courses. So I'm guessing this was like college or something. Um, yeah. Versace began his apprenticeship at a young age at his mother's sewing business. So his mother also was into fashion. She had a sewing business on the side and he kind of got into the fabrics and things with that. Um, mm-hmm. There he became also interested in architecture. So he was interested in both both have to do with design, right? But he actually ended up going more to the towards the fashion end, as we know. Um, okay,
0: so it's like kind of like a family trade at
1: this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So at the age of 26, he moved to Milan, Italy, to work in fashion design. So in 1973, he became the designer of I think it's a Biblo, Billblos. I don't know. It's an <laughs> Italian line. Okay, guys. <laughs>
0: You have no
1: idea. <laughs> yeah. So, a few years later, Versace presented his first signature collection line for women at the Art Museum of Milan. So, this was like the first thing that he was getting out there that kind of people started to notice him, right? So So, yeah. um, in September of the same year, he opened his first boutique where Versace quickly became a sensation in the fashion scene. So, he started opening up stores. He was really known for his vivid colors, bold prints, and sexy cuts. I don't have any versace but that's probably because i can't afford it
0: I, my closet's full of it just oh, of course of it. i knew it oh, that's I knew all it. i wear you're so classy
1: <laughs> um from night, 19- can you imagine <laughs> that would be pretty cool <laughs> i would expect you to give me some clothes okay
0: of course i would thank you so much of course i was
1: So from 1978, Versace built the company with the support of his family. So his sister was actually vice president and his brother was president of the company. So they worked very close together as a family in this industry. Um, Later on in 1982, Versace expanded his business into jewelry and housewares such as like china and furnishings. So Versace's empire became known for employing celebrities in his marketing campaigns, which I feel like that's how most of these big people are, right? These celebrities, they start noticing their fashion. They get into it. They start putting them front row at the fashion shows, wearing their clothes. That's how they get out there. Um, So he was very popular at this point. He also started, uh, he is known for inventing the supermodel Vogue of the 1990s. So he was very popular in the 1990s. Um, okay. It said that his empire was valued at 807 million dollars. Jesus. Yeah. So, he That's had insane. He had about 130 boutiques across the world and I'm sure he was also selling his clothing lines in like department stores and things like that. Maybe not department stores, but like, you yeah, know what like I'm saying. Yeah, high end, yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, Versace ended up meeting his partner, Antonio Damicio, a model in 1982, and it, he was with him up until his death. So they had a very long relationship. Um, mm-hmm. on July 5th of 1997, instead of having his assistant walk to pick up his morning coffee, Versace decided it was a nice day and he would go himself. So things are about to take a turn. Um, mm-hmm. when he returned home, he was shot by point blank execution style with a caliber on the steps of his own home. And Jesus. Yes, Versace was still alive until he ended up dying at Jackson Memorial Hospital at 9:21 a.m.
0: Oh my god. At the
1: time of his death, he was 50 years old. So, now we'll kind of get into the details of his murderer. Uh, Versace was murdered by Andrew Cunanan. So Andrew was born August 31st, 1969 in National City, California to an Italian-American family. So Andrew was a very bright student. He had an IQ of 147. He attended a bishop school. Um, yeah, so he was a really smart kid. Um, yeah. Though he seemed he was a bright child and he had a future ahead of him, he started to develop uh need to lie and become a prolific liar i don't know if it was just something that he enjoyed he liked to lie to people i don't know what he was doing
0: yeah
1: um he identified as gay in high school and he ended up having affairs with wealthy wealthy older men so this is kind of how he got into this realm of the wealthy famous people yeah. area you know this is kind of how right, he really right, right. to that scene yeah exactly so, he graduated from high school in 1987 and ended up enrolling in the University of California San Diego where he majored in American history. Uh when he was 19 in 1988 his father deserted his family and ended up moving to the Philippines. So he kind of started to be rebellious at this time. Um he was still having his affairs with these older men, but it was still kind of in secret. But then after his father left, and maybe it was something that he was trying to keep it low-key for his father, he kind of went a little crazy. So, okay. um, He began going to local gay clubs and restaurants. His mother was very religious, so she did not understand his sexuality and what he was doing with his life, so he kind of ended up just totally boycotting his family and not really having anything to do with them. Um, yeah. It was later said that he suffered from antisocial personality disorders, which resulted in a lot of his lying and anger. Like he was struggling with that, with being gay and things like that. So it kind of all just went together. Okay. Um, In 1989, he ended up dropping out of college and settled into the Castro District of San Francisco, which was actually known to be like a huge area for LGBTQ culture. So a lot of people were living there with the same, you know, sexualities and things like that. Okay, so he feels
0: like he finally found his people, like his tribe and stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So even in his adult life, he continued to befriend wealthy older men having affairs with them. He was actually doing this, and he would, like, live with these wealthy men and basically mooch off their money. So he would live with these wealthy men. They would pay for his life and for him to do whatever he wanted just basically to have him as a sexual partner.
0: Yeah, he's a sugar baby. Yep, exactly.
1: Um, It's all Yeah, exactly. It's also believed that he was dealing drugs like opioids, cocaine, and marijuana. So, now he's starting to experiment with drugs. Um, okay. Because of his relationship with these wealthy men, Andrew would be in the same crowds that Versace, Versace, <laughs> oh my God, that Versace <laughs> would also be a part of. So, this is kind of how he got to know who Versace was. Um, it's said that they first met when Versace was in town to be fitted for an opera, but... Friends and family deny that they actually never met in person. Like, maybe they were at the same parties or in the same area, but they were never actually face-to-face. So, there's a lot of back and forth with that. Um, Okay. In September of 1996, Andrew ended up breaking up with a wealthy older man that he'd been seeing um, and who was also financially supporting him. So, at this point, he doesn't have anywhere to live. He doesn't know where to go. He's addicted to drugs. And so, things are going downhill for Andrew um most yeah yeah most of andrew's friends had started to distance themselves at this point because of what he was getting into um he had weird things like he said that he was going to minneapolis to take care of things which was very concerning to his friends and i'll tell you why um in minneapolis this is kind of where andrew grew up and had friends and stuff he apparently was going to take care of things aka one of his friends who was kind of pushed him off to the side when he started to get into drugs and things so on april 27th 1997 andrew showed up to one of his old best friends house named jeffrey trail where they had an argument over what andrew was doing with his life andrew ended up beating jeffrey with a hammer to death
0: oh my god
1: he then stole jeffrey's gun and moved on to his next victim who was 33 year old david madison who was um, another one of his old best friends. It was said that Andrew stayed with David after killing Jeffrey. So some believe that David had something to do with the murder, and some say that he was held hostage by Jeffrey. Either way, he ended up killing Madison and his body was found near a lake with a gunshot wound to the head, which was from the gun that he had taken from his old friend Jeffrey, who he killed with the hammer's house. So, Holy
0: shit, that just, just went from like... Yeah spiral to like yes. whole, oh my god so he
1: is on a rampage at this point um yeah, exactly on may 4th andrew drove to chicago ended up ended up killing 72 year old lee milgan who was a real estate developer they found him with his hands and feet bound and his head duct taped andrew ended up stabbing him more than 20 times with a screwdriver slit his throat and then stole his car
0: What for? Just because he's on this rampage now? Yeah. I don't know if this. (laughs) Oh,
1: my God. Maybe he was connected to this man somehow, like they had had an affair at some point. Maybe he went to him and asked for money and he wouldn't give him anything. But there's not a lot of information about their relationship.
0: Weird. Oh, my gosh. That's awful.
1: Yeah. So authorities noticed that Lee's Lexus was missing and began to track the phone that was inside this car. Um, it was activated on May 8th in Philadelphia and again on May 9th in New Jersey. So the police was assuming that this was like where their murderer was. He stole the car and he was making his way somewhere. Yeah. Um On May 9th in uh, New Jersey, Andrew shot and killed 45-year-old cemetery caretaker William Reese. The only reason Ma'am. police believe that they killed this guy is so that he could switch cars. So now he's ended up stealing William's car. So, so
0: basically anyone that's crossing his path. Exactly. Right now is Like, in. Terror.
1: yep, exactly. So on May 12th, Andrew began staying at the Normandy Plaza Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida, and he was paying with cash. So no one really knew where he was at this point. Um, The FBI had no leads to where he was. He was even on the the FBI's 10 most wanted list because it had been two months since he had been cited. So they had no idea where this guy was. Yeah. Um, On July 7th, Andrew used his own name to pawn something off at a local pawn store, which was really stupid of him because obviously the police are looking for him. So now they're trying to... (laughs) Yeah. So now they're connecting a timeline together. A few days later, on July 14th, Andrew checked out of his hotel, paying for his last night there. And on July 15th, around 8.45 a.m., Andrew walked walked up to the steps on Versace's home and shot him in the back of the head, once in the cheek, and with the same gun that he killed the two other people with. So, at this point, he's killed, I think, five people. And Versace just happened to be, like, his last... No- like, he was trying to get to Versace this whole time. Um... Witness. that is insane
0: yeah. Just, yeah cause he's a fan Yeah, cause so, he's like obsessed with him
1: people think it's because um he was a, a fan and that he was trying to get in with Versace at some point but he couldn't it's so weird yeah. about cause people say there's no connection between the two but then there's also people who say they've met whatever it's very weird and I'm sure it's just mm. because they're trying to keep Versace like obviously like he's a rich man like he's like, got this family. He's got money. Maybe they're paying yeah. people off. I don't know. You know, it could have literally just yeah. been because he was uh, in his way, you know? Um, yeah. On July hell? 23rd, 1990, or they say that witnesses say that Andrew fled to like a nearby parking garage. But on July 23rd, 1997, Andrew's body was actually found in a luxury houseboat in Miami where he had shot himself in the head. So, really? Yes. Holy shit. Andrew's motivation remains unknown. At the time of the murders, there was extensive public and press speculation linking the crimes to Andrew's alleged disco- discovery that he was HIV positive, although an autopsy revealed that he was HIV negative. So again, there's so much back and forth and speculation about what happened that there's no like They're just clear answer. trying to answer. figure out why
0: the hell yeah. he did this. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, although police searched the houseboat where Andrew had died, he'd left no suicide note and there was very few personal belongings. So people say that Andrew was obsessed with Versace's design and often bragged about how they were close and had a relationship together and maybe because Versace was denying this, that made him angry? So yeah. In the end, um, Andrew was cremated and his remains are at the Holy Cross Cemetery in San Diego. Versace's body was cremated and his ashes were returned to his family in Italy. Um, a lot of people came to his funeral, including people like Elton John and even Princess Diana. Um, wow. Yeah. After his death, he left all of his estate to his family. So, pretty crazy. He just went. I just
0: can't even imagine, like, not knowing somebody and then yep. just, like, creating, like, this, you know. They, they like, think they know you and for some reason want to kill you. Like, what the fuck?
1: It's crazy. And there's actually a Netflix documentary, I think it's Netflix, that I watched a while ago about the whole story behind this. And one of the guys from American Horror Story actually plays Andrew. It's pretty good.
0: Well, that's wild. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, there you guys have it. There's Versace's story for you.
0: Okay. (laughs) 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 Okay. Don't be a famous designer, or I guess if you are be super super careful about when you
1: go get go your out own to coffee.
0: So creepy. Yeah, I like can't even imagine the shit that celebrities get. Like I all know the creepers like online, like all like the stalker stories you hear. Like it's just so messed up.
1: I know it's crazy. When listen, when me and Kylie get famous, we're gonna have a security team. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with us. Yeah. <laughs> Um okay so my story is about or my case is about Judith Barcy okay. and you may not recognize her name right off the bat but I'm pretty sure like any 80s or 90s kids will recognize her voice Okay so I'm going to play a clip from her two most popular movies Okay So let me pull that up real quick Okay Long next don't talk to or
1: or whatever you do.
0: Me? Yeah. Oh. Oh yes, yes, yes. I do. I do. Okay, so
1: that was the first movie. Okay. So it took me like a solid five minutes. But is this the Land Before Time girl?
0: Yeah. So it's Ducky from. Okay. Well, she voices Ducky from the Land Before Time. Yes,
1: yes, yes. Okay.
0: Her other big movie is this one. Sorry, gotta pull it up really fast. Uh-huh. I want you to take care of it, you know, just while I'm calling. You got a home now, and
1: he doesn't have anybody. Don't worry, Charlie, I will. Right. Well, <clears throat> goodbye,
0: buddy. Oh, Charlie, I'll miss you.
1: Okay, so she sounds those so are the two cute. most popular movies. Oh, she, <laughs> what?
0: She sounds so cute. So cute. Um yeah, so I guess I should preface this with a trigger warning that this yes. case involves a child and a lot of abuse. So um so anyway, for those of you that still didn't recognize that, that Ju- Judith Barcy was a child a- actor who voiced the character of Ducky from The Land Before Time and Anne Marie, the little girl in all dogs go to heaven. Um, She also had a bunch of commercials and different sitcoms under her belt. Her first commercial and big break, she was out with her parents and they were all out together and a casting director noticed Judith and cast her for a commercial for Donald Duck Orange Juice. Okay. Um, From there, her career career just kept going and she had appearances on The Twilight Zone, Growing Pains, Punky Brewster, um, so a bunch of like 80s shows. And then um, she also landed a part in the Revenge of Jaws, which I think is like the second or third one, but honestly, I'm not sure. So yeah. someone that knows Jaws better can let us know. Okay. Um, but yeah, she's in she's in one of those, and um, she was in she was in uh, super high demand as an actress at the time because she was when she first started but she was like a really small like petite girl and she could pass for like a lot younger okay. than she was okay so if you're thinking about it like if you want like a three year old but you can actually cast a five year old who has like a lot more understanding but still looks the part like she was just really popular at the time and getting like a ton of work so here's just a little bit of a background on her parents and family life Her mother, Maria, grew up in a wealthy lifestyle and a good family and had immigrated from Hungary to Los Angeles. She was a waitress at a local bar where she ended up meeting Joseph Barsi. He had also immigrated from Hungary and the two hit it off right away. Joseph had a different upbringing from Maria and came from a very poor family. He was constantly teased growing up for being poor and not having his father in the picture. Um, he had a drinking problem, but I wouldn't like no one really classified him right away as like an alcoholic. It was more like a unhealthy coping mechanism. So okay. like he would just kind of turn to alcohol for comfort, but yeah. still not a great thing. Right. Not, yeah. not a great habit. No. Um, when they met at this bar, Joseph was like loud and confident. he was paying for everyone's tabs with like $100 bills and he just kind of swept Maria off her feet because um, she like you know she wanted someone that could provide for her and like wanted to start a family and they were both kind of on the same page. so they had this whirlwind romance and just got married super quick and got and started a family right away. okay. So in 1978 Judith Barcy was born and her mom had always wanted to be an actress but at that point in her life she kind of decided that it wasn't going to happen for her uh Joseph had also made it very clear to Maria that he wanted her to be like a housewife okay. and like a stay-at-home mom which yeah. she was okay with like she wanted to be home with Judith but she still had that acting bug so, yeah and she just felt like Judith had something special so like she started to train her with dance and voice lessons and it sounds kind of like stage mommy, but from yeah. what I gather, her and Judith like really bonded over
1: okay. it. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, so as we know, Judith makes that big break for in the orange juice commercial, and then her career just keeps going from there. By the time she was seven years old, she was making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Holy. Um, the, yeah, the family had moved into like a big, nice house, nice neighborhood. And everything seemed like it was going well, except that something kind of switched in Joseph. Okay. He was like almost jealous or like bitter of his daughter being the main breadwinner for the family. And yeah. so we know he kind of turned to that dependency on alcohol and started really, like, drinking heavily and emotionally abusing Marie- Maria and Judith.
1: Interesting. We're A neighbor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you'd think you'd just be super proud yeah. and excited for your daughter. But instead, he's, like, all bitter that she makes huh. more money than him. That's, okay. Like, Okay. um there's this story that a neighbor told about judith outside playing with a kite and joseph came out and took the kite away from her and like judith was like saying like stop like you're gonna break it and then he looked at maria and he was like see she's a brat she won't share her toys and just ended up breaking the kite in front of them
1: oh okay sounds like a great (laughs) guy sorry what was that he sounds like a great guy
0: Yeah, seriously. Like, okay, you're gonna break your daughter's kite. Yeah. Um, so and so yeah, his aggression just started coming out in different ways like that. And again, he was drinking super heavily. He had multiple DUIs. He was making snappy mean comments to the girls just like things were not good with him. Yeah um he also missed judith's eighth birthday party and when people asked maria where he was she straight up just told them that he decided to stay home and miss it so that he could stay home and get drunk
1: what the hell yeah, and another
0: weird thing is that Maria was like really open to her friends about the abuse that Joseph was putting them through. And from what I gather, like she kind of played it off just like nonchalantly, like just kind of like, oh, yeah, he does this, da 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 da. So none of the friends like took it seriously or did anything about it, but right. like people knew what was going on also, so which weird. is really
1: weird. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. He uh, so Joseph, Joseph apparently started thinking to himself that, like, Maria was going to leave him. So he started to threaten her that if she did or tried to, he was going to kill her or kill himself. Um he threatened to, like, burn down the house with all three of them in it he even showed he even t- like showed maria out in the garage like all of these jerry cans of gasoline that he had been stockpiling just to show her how serious his threat was What? and sometimes he even like threatened like i'm just going to kill myself and kill judith so you have to stay and stay here and live without us what like the hell? just really messed up stuff yeah Um, and another, another, again, another weird thing is, like, he had told his friends that he's going to kill Maria. He's like, I'm going to kill that whore one day. One day I'm going to kill Maria. And they all just brushed it off as, like, an exaggerated comment.
1: Like, oh, you know, just, like, whatever.
0: He's mad at her, but, like, didn't take it seriously. Yeah, how,
1: how do people take that casually? like mm. yeah
0: exactly like that's not just a casual thing someone says about like no good husband is calling her his like wife a whore and saying that he's gonna kill yeah like that's not okay no that's not exaggerated something's wrong yes um so yeah so come to find out Also, this was not the first time Joseph had threatened someone like this. He apparently had an ex-wife named Clara, who was also from Hungary, and whom he had two kids with. They had met in France and had been married for a long time, but similarly to his relationship with Maria, things had started out really good and just, like, gradually got worse and worse with his drinking, and he, again, started to uh, emotionally abuse Clara, but once he had started making threats to the children, that's when Clara decided that she had had enough. She picked up her family and moved to Arizona to get away from him, but he ended up following them oh, and he was like begging her to take him back, promising that he was like gonna stop drinking that you know things would be better and she was like, "No, I'm not buying it yeah and when he realized that she wasn't buying it, he threw a cast iron skillet at her face, leaving her with an enormous black
1: eye. Oh my gosh. Yeah,
0: so really intense. And that's when he decides, like, okay, she's not gonna take me back. I'm gonna start a new life. And he moves to Los Angeles and bam, he meets Maria and they get married. Okay. And I don't know, like I don't think she knew anything about his past. Like I highly doubt he was advertising like anything about it. So I don't think she knew anything.
1: Huh.
0: Um which is sad because like had she known, maybe things would have been different. But yeah, who knows? exactly. Um, Maria had made one police report against Joseph saying that he had punched her in the face and choked her, but when the police came, they said that they had found no evidence of this, which I don't know what that means, but Maria ended up dropping the charges as well, and so nothing came of it. What the heck? Um... Yeah. And so at this point, Joseph actually decides to stop drinking because he had been in trouble with the law so much. And so, you know, like we at this point, you're thinking that like the alcohol is really driving the aggression and like, you know, you would think things would get better with him from stopping drinking. But it actually got worse. Yeah. So Judith was pretty open about the abuse that she endured from her father, like, to her friends. So she's young, you know, she's not, like, she probably thinks that this is normal and all dads act like this. And so she, like, would tell her friends about how he would, like, throw pots and pans at her. He would (laughs) yell at her. Um, One time he threw a pan at her face and to make up for it, he bought her a brand new pink TV. So just, like, super manipulative stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, So fast forward to Judith is nine now and she has landed the role in that Jaws movie and it's filming in the Bahamas. And it's going to just be Maria and her traveling to the Bahamas. And so he must have gotten freaked out, like, thinking, like, oh, maybe they're, like, not going to come back. Yeah. Because, so he ends up going into Judith's room when she's packing for the trip. And he holds a knife up to his nine-year-old daughter's neck and tells her that if her and her mom don't return after shooting this movie, he's going to cut her throat. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's disgusting. But, yeah, oh, my God. So... Anyway, when filming was done, Maria had gone, like, back and forth of whether she wanted to, like, go home or stay with Joseph, and I had seen a little bit of where she was actually talking to all the, like, other, like, women on the film set, and like telling them this, and they were all like, "You need to leave him. You need to leave him." Yeah. But then the next day, she would be like, "No, I'm going back to him." So like, after a while, they kind of just like stopped trying to help her because yeah. they like, felt like it was obvious that she was just going to go back to him. Oh so it's sad because you know, no one like people are trying to tell her to get away from him, but she's just not really listening. And, yeah, uh, or you know, she's like really too scared to. I don't know. So anyway, she had been kind of going back and forth whether she was going to go back with him or not. And she ends up deciding that she wants to go and stay with her brother for a few days who lives in New York. And so they go there and somehow Joseph found out that they end, like he ended up calling them at the house and he gets Judith on the phone and he's like, do you remember what I told you was going to happen? And so Judith ended up telling her mom, you know, and then that, that basically forced them to get onto a flight the next day and went home.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: So... Again, people have, like, kind of questioned Maria's motives with this. Yeah. case, like, wondering why she wouldn't leave Joseph. Like, why wouldn't you make sure that your life and Judith's life weren't in jeopardy yeah. and she would go back and forth on it? Some people just, like, think it's because she didn't want to, um, like, lose all of her possessions that Judith had earned, like, the big house and, like, all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Other people, you know, think it's because of the trauma that she went through and that she was really, like, was too scared, scared to yeah. leave. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but basically, like, she had a bunch of people telling her, you know, you need to leave. Like, her neighbors knew things from, like, knew something was wrong from, like, little things that she had said to him and was just, or said to them. And were like, if you need somewhere to stay, like, come and, you and Judith, come and hide out at our house until you find a place and blah, blah, blah. But she never took any up on any of those offers.
1: Wow.
0: Um, so... At this point, Joseph is, like, constantly cheating on Maria as well. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: And he's not just – yeah, he's just a real fucking winner. Yeah. Um. So he's cheating on her. He's not just sleeping around with random women either, like, one-night stands. He, like, has several girlfriends that he buys things for, is, like, taking on trips. But for whatever reason, still won't let control – like, won't let Maria go. Yeah. Yeah. So she decides that if she can't leave Joseph, she's going to try and get Joseph to leave. Because, you know, she's scared of him oh, killing yeah. her. She's going to try and get him to leave on her own. Okay. And so she, like, stops taking care of herself. She huh. stops getting dolled up. She stops doing any housework. And, like, the pictures of what the house looked like Ugh. were so gross. Ew. Like, they're, like, they're just, you know, it's not not a good situation. Yeah. And this abuse and the environment and everything has taken a toll on Judith. So she had started to gain weight and she started to like pull out her eyelashes oh my from gosh. stress. Yeah. And she started to like pull out the whiskers on the, their cat because ah, it's like, no. you know, just like her anxiety and her everything is just manifesting itself in this, these weird outlets. Oh. And one day at an audition, and it was actually the audition for All Dogs Go to Heaven. Um, It was a singing portion, and in the middle of the audition, she just starts, like, breaks down and just starts crying, like, sobbing,
1: and her she was
0: with her agent, and so the agent was like, okay, something is, like, seriously wrong, and got her linked up with a child psychologist, and after an hour session with the psychologist, like, she could tell just that Judith has been put through the ringer physically and emotionally and gets CPS involved. So whew, I feel like sorry, <laughs> a lot to get through.
1: That's so sad. Um, so
0: now they so CPS brings in Maria and is like, what the heck is going on with your child?" And basically she tells them all the stuff that's going on with Joseph and that she's also in the process of leaving Joseph, which is true at this point. Yeah, she' had been renti- renting an apartment for a few weeks now and her and Judith were actually spending most of their days at the apartment. So she was telling Joseph that like they were busy with auditions or like dancing lessons or like different stuff like that when they would actually just be like hanging out at this apartment. Um, so she's getting and she's getting things ready to leave him and like starting the divorce proceedings. So the social worker decides to drop the case, which is insane which is in my so opinion dumb. considering how much trauma she had yeah. gone through. It's like you don't you think you would want to follow this up and make yeah. sure but Apparently, this uh, social worker was, like, super overworked, had lots of cases on her plate. And so, for lack of a better word, it seemed easy to drop Judith's case because she believed that the mother was making efforts to get her into a better situation.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, so, uh, so it's so sad. Um, any So, Maria had been moving things over to the apartment slowly and, like, little by little because she didn't want Joseph to notice anything Uh, missing yeah so um but one day on one of these trips where she had taken some boxes over joseph decided to follow her and confronted her um maria lied and said that this was just a friend's apartment and that she was like helping her move and joseph believes it but in the end she feels maria felt like it kind of like spoiled her plan because of like her and judith ended up leaving that's probably like the first place he would check yeah you know Um, So now she's kind of, her plan to leave him and to get Judith out is kind of at standstill. Um, So some more time passes. Judith is recording for All Dogs Go to Heaven. She turns 10. It's summer in L.A., so she's like out playing all the time with friends and like things kind of seem like they're going okay until we get to July 25th of 1988 so it seems like a regular night maria and judith have gone off to bed and they leave joseph in the living room drinking again which watching tv which was like a pretty typical night for them but joseph um joseph waits to make sure that they are both asleep and then he gets his gun and he goes to judith's room and he shoots her in the head instantly killing her in her sleep oh my gosh. So Maria hears the gunshot and runs toward Judith's room where Joseph meets her in the hallway and they struggle until he's able to wrestle her down to the ground and shoots her in the head as well. Oh my
1: gosh.
0: Yeah. So then the next two days, Joseph lives in the house like normal. He okay. didn't even move the bodies or do anything. He's Disgusting. just like living in his house as is.
1: Can't move. Nope.
0: So gross. And then so um, Judith was actually supposed to be at a recording session for all dogs go to heaven the next day. So they called looking for her. And Joseph had said that like a black car came and picked her up, but he didn't know what it was for. And he just didn't know where she was. Okay, then. Yeah, then on July 27th, one of the neighbors, Eunice, said that she had heard an explosion and noticed smoke coming out of the house. And oh, so no. this, like, older lady tries to pull her garden hose over to the house uh. and, like, tries to put out the fire. Oh, my God. But obviously, it's <laughs> not going to work. not successful. Yeah. And the when the fire department came, they found three dead bodies. Oh, my and gosh. the explosion that Eunice heard was actually the gunshot of Joseph killing himself. Oh, my gosh. They were also able to confirm that the fire was started with gas and originated from Judith's room.
1: So obviously arson.
0: Yeah, so obviously, you know, he killed them, set the house on fire, killed himself.
1: Yeah. Jeez.
0: Um, so yeah, so it's just really sad. Um, her last role was the voice for Anne-Marie in All Dogs Go to Heaven, mm. and the release of the movie was in November, so she never got to see it. Sad. The ending credits is a song called Love is Forever or something like that, and it was dedicated to Judith and her memory. Aww. Judith and Maria are buried together with matching headstones. Excellent. Um. It's such a super sad case, and there's just a few weird facts that I want to go over real quick. Judith's first first television role that she had ever got was this, like, TV movie called Fatal Vision, and it's just so surreal, because it's basically about a father who ends up killing his pregnant wife and two daughters, and Judith played one of the daughters. Jeez. Isn't that so weird? That's crazy. And then... Just this last little thing, there is also a family that now lives, and I don't know, this might be a little older, but there's a family that also lives in the house who swears they had no idea, like, what had happened there when they bought it, but they claim that it's haunted. Uh, So, they claim that there are, like... I know, right? Yep. They they claim that there's, like, cold spots all over the house. The garage will open and close on its own. And the father particularly says that whenever he stands in the hallway where Maria was yeah. killed, he feels like there's this, like, dark presence standing Ew. over there watching him.
1: Ew, I don't like it.
0: So, anyway, take that for what you will, but it's just a really super sad case. And, like, so this poor girl was, like, on the rise, like, such a, like big child star and then never got to you know yeah she just didn't even have a chance because her father was a horrible human being and then like her mom wasn't able to get her out for whatever
1: reason yeah oh that's so sad i super messed up i've heard like i know i didn't know her name like you said but like i knew the girl that played in the Lamb before time had passed and i didn't know like the yeah. whole story behind it that's so crazy
0: yeah super weird and like it's crazy how much stuff she was in like you don't yeah like, she's been like a ton of different things that i was like whoa like nice. i only knew uh, her of the land before time and then that's all you i knew. know you just realized that.
1: yeah that's so sad yeah. it was just
0: sad, super sad
1: well there you guys have it maybe if you're planning on becoming famous in your future life maybe rethink it i don't know Yeah,
0: <laughs> something
1: i don't know i <laughs> guess it's not always the fans though it's not always the fans it's
0: not always the fans that's you know yeah like i said earlier my you when you think of celebrities being murdered yeah it automatically goes to like a crazy obsessed fan yep. but you know just it's like usually people close to them which is so fucked up like a lot yeah. of murders
1: yeah it's so crazy well there you guys have it happy sunday Hopefully you enjoy this episode, even though it's a little on the sad side. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Till next. Till next time. <laughs> Til next
1: time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Friends Two Murders. Go follow us on Instagram at Two Friends Two Murders Podcast. Episodes are available on both Apple Podcast and Buzzbrow. Don't forget to go leave us a review and share the episode with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions feel free to reach out to us via Instagram or email us at twofriends2murderspodcast two at gmail.com.